Welcome to Axios Church Online. We're so excited you had joined us here on our online campus. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy this message. Well, I'm back. I've been gone. I've been, I haven't preached in six weeks, and um, I've been itching on week two. I was like, you know, but six weeks in the month of July, I take off as my sabbatical, um, my sabbatical uh, month. It's okay to take a break at times, um, but we are ready for the fall. The fall here at Axios is gonna, it, it's, it's one of the best times ever because we really focus on vision. We focus on things that are coming up. We got our legacy offering that is gonna be coming up in the next couple months. So get prepared for that, for the future of what Axios is gonna be all. all, all. We're, we're, we're looking at buildings, we're looking at contracts. You know, we're in the works with some things, but we're praying that God opens the right door at the right time. We're not in a rush and we're believing that the resources are gonna come um, through his people for us to push the, um, the vision of Axios moving forward. But um, I'm just going to give you a, a forewarning. Um, I haven't preached in six weeks, okay? So you understand what that means, okay? We, two o'clock, uh, three o'clock? I mean, I'm just kidding, no. Uh, it's going to be a good time. So as we go full stride into the fall, um, I, I, I'm, we're starting this brand new series today. And um, kind of my thoughts that God has been putting in as I was taking this sabbatical, we were going to go through the book of Proverbs, but I believe that God had a different kind of feel for this message series for this month. He's given me a couple of thoughts that I've been thinking about for the past six weeks. I couldn't really put it into a sermon series because they're like completely off from each other. And when you do a sermon series, you kind of want to flow together. But um but then a couple, uh, about a month ago, um, the world was shaken up by a new social media platform called Threads. It was the broke down version of Twitter, all right? But, uh, but it, now it's actually not Twitter anymore. It's just X, the worst marketing ever. But, um, but Threads comes in as just putting your thoughts together and just putting it out there. And people kind of go threading and they go into like your comments and stuff like that. And you guys have conversations about a topic that you guys were talking about. And as I was really honing in on these topics that God was burning into my heart, uh, I, I came to the team and told them, hey, I got these four messages, like one-off messages that I don't know what to do with. Like I want to preach them and I believe it's for this time. Um, and they like, hey, what about threads? And we're like, okay, let's just roll with it. But this series is called Threads. And that's my thoughts from sabbatical as I was resting in this season. And um, so I, I want to really, us to hone in on these and uh, for us to understand what God is doing. Let's talk about the first thought that God had for me. And we're going to talk about this. And that's this. Embrace and win in the detours. Embracing the detours and winning in the detours in life. Let me tell you something real fast. If you haven't been in a detour in life, one is coming up. <laughs> Because God uses detours in our life to adjust and align some things. And if we don't know how to win in detours, in the season of a detour, the detour itself can put us back in life 
because we don't know how to handle it. Because detours usually are attached to some of the emotions we are dealing with. And if we don't know how to deal with the emotions, the emotions are going to deal with us. And if we don't know how to deal with these new seasons and these new things that God is trying to do in our life, it it could literally crush us at times. Detours come in our lives. But the saddest thing in life is when you know somebody or you know a season where somebody was in a detour, but they decided to stay in that detour and now they're in circles. Have you been there before? Where God has said, hey, go this way, but then you don't know how to adjust. And instead of going right, now you're going in circles and you're wondering, what is going on in my life? It's maybe you off-ramp where God is telling you to stay. We have to navigate these detours. Another way of saying this in, in life is we can look at detours negatively or as, or as a blessing. It can be a negative thing, or you can say, God, you're punishing me, or you can say, God, you're blessing me. Because a detour can be a blessing as well. At times in our lives, God uses these detours to help us in life. But what happens whenever we detour our life because of the feelings or the things that is right in front of us? Oh, this relationship looks good. So I'm going to detour where I was on fire for God. I was coming to church. I was giving. I was doing whatever. But this this little on-ramp looks a little bit better. So I'm going to detour over here and leave what God was trying to do so then I can be in what I want. Sometimes we detour ourselves. Detours in life come. We just need to know how to handle it. Let me say it like this. The way you handle detours in life determines the effectiveness of what your life produces. I know, man. I know this is hard. It's been six weeks, all right? The way you handle detours sometimes affects the effectiveness of what comes out of your life. You know those people that something happened in their life and they just can't get over it. Can we be honest today? Where something happened three years ago and it it was horrible. But they're still living it each and every day. And the fruit that's coming out of their life is rotten. It's because they didn't let go of a detour season that they put themselves in. Can I tell you that? That we put ourselves sometimes in seasons where you never should have been in. We need to navigate these detours So our life can be effective. See, I've been in ministry long enough. And I've counseled with people long enough that I know when God is detouring people or people are detouring from God. You can tell. It's the way they present it. It's the way their fruit is in their life. It's either God is moving them or they're moving away from God. Either way, there's movement, but we need to make sure that we know and not be surprised over the detours in our life. So so then we don't look at them as a curse, but sometimes as a blessing as well. And you heard me right. Uh, There could, it could be a blessing in disguise, this detour you are in your life. Because thank God, God detoured me in certain seasons of my life. 
just like a GPS. Go right. Go left. Recalculating the route. I thank God that he recalculated my route at times and seasons where I thought I needed to go left, but he put me right. And I hated that he put me right, but it was in the right spot that I needed in my life. It hurt at times, but his detour is better than my pleasure and my feelings. And it become the biggest blessing of my life. See, there's been seasons in my life when I'm like, God, this feels good. I want to go left, but he's like, hey, go right. But I'm like, that doesn't feel good. But God, this is, this is a blessing. Yeah, it might be a blessing, but I have a bigger blessing in disguise if you do it the right way. If you go the right way. Where, see, today we need, to, we need to embrace the detour living in our life. In the Old Testament, there's a man in the Bible. We talked about it in kids' church, and I want to kind of segue into it. The, the life of Joseph. Joseph knew about detours in life his name should have been detour because there was from genesis chapter 37 to genesis chapter 50 his life was all about moving through these feelings emotions ups and downs highs and lows he was one of jacob's 12 sons and jake and, and jacob loved joseph so much he was one he was his favorite son let's go to genesis chapter 37 verse 3 and 4 it says now israel loved israel was um, jacob israel was do you remember when jacob's name was changed when he was wrestling with the with the angel and the hip and all that stuff, and Jesus and God said, "Hey, I'm not. You're not. No, you're not Jacob anymore. I'm going to call you Israel right here." So he, God is now identifying Jacob with his new man and not his old. Aren't you glad that God identifies you by what He sees in you and not what you were? This is what He's saying. Hey, Israel, love Joseph more than his other sons because he because he was the son. Of his old age, and he made him a robe of many colors. But when the brothers saw their father loved him more than his other brothers, they hated him, and he could not speak peacefully to him. I understand Joseph in this moment because I was a favored son as well. I understand the weight of the world of being the favorite. I understand, Joseph, when you're just trying to live your life and you got haters on your back. I was the favorite one. Just joking. No, I'm not. All seriousness, let me give you this side note. Everybody's not going to understand the favor over your life, even your family at times. You know, at times, sometimes you want to start that new business and your worst critic is your family. <laughs> you want to start that new thing or you want to go that new there and, and, and all you got is your family. But then they're like, well, maybe you need to go to college or you need to do this. And you're like, no, no, I got something burned on it. You understand what I'm saying? This is where Joseph was. Some people will not understand the favor of God in your life. When you have God and you're walking faithfully with him, not everybody is going to accept and praise the favor over your life. 
But we need to still walk in confidence in knowing God has our back because sometimes favor ain't fair. He gives and he takes away. See, some people, you're like, oh, man, how did this person do this? He's favored. That doesn't mean that you're not. It just means in that moment, in that thing, God wants to bless this person. And some people won't understand that. Don't understand that. So people won't understand it. So what do they try to do? They try to kill it or destroy it or tear it down. Others will not understand the favor over your life. So Joseph is being favored. He comes to his haters, which is unfortunately his family. And then they plot, they plot out. The brothers plot out to kill Joseph. Genesis chapter 37, 18 through 20 says, They saw him from afar, and before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. Can you say, like, it escalated real quick? Like, my man just got a robe. <laughs> he just got a fancy coat. And from a fancy coat and a couple of dreams, they're like, hey, guess what? Instead of, like, beating him up, instead of being like, hey, we're not going to talk to you, let's kill the man. That's what they did. They said to one another, here comes that dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into a pit. Then he will say that the, the then we will say that the fierce animals have devoured him, and he and we will see what will come of his dreams. Let me give you another side note. When you are favored, people will not people will express their jealousy and insecurity by what you are favored by. They didn't understand his dreams and didn't like his dreams, so they try to diminish Jake, uh, Joseph's dreams to their level. Woo-hoo. I'm here to tell you today, level up. When they tell you not to dream, dream more. When they tell you not to give, give more. When they tell you not to pray because your circumstances is too, no, 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 pray more. Because what happens is, is people look at what, what God is doing in your life and they don't understand it or they don't even like it. So they try to diminish it to their level because they can't level up in their life. I'm preaching too good. And I got one shouter over here. Can I speak prophetically in your life today? Level up. When they try to kill your dream, dream more. What they you when, what, what does the Bible say? What God, what, what the enemy meant for destruction, God what? Turn it for your good. So Joseph is thinking, this is going to be the end of my life in this pit. But Joseph had a different mindset. He said, I might be in the pit, but I'm going to thrive in the pit. You, there's going to be pits in life, and they stink. You have a choice to thrive in the pit or die in the pit. You might not control the pit that, that, that throw you in. You might not control the circumstances around you. But you have control over the thoughts and the process that you are in that you can control in the pit. Detours come in life, 
But when you have a mindset of thriving in this detour, the detour becomes a little different in your life. Because Joseph's brother changed their minds, and not only they didn't throw him in a pit and kill him, they sold him off to slave traders, and they shipped him off to be a slave. So here's the first point I have for you is this. Detours can be opportunities to your purpose. Detours can be opportunities to your purpose. (laughs) This is so good. (laughs) Joseph needed to be hurt to thrive. Some of you are looking at a hurt that, that somebody hurt you, and it's, it's slowing you down in your life. But Jacob needed to be hurt by his brothers so he can thrive to his purpose. And I know the hurt stinks. I know they, they backstabbed you. I know they talked about you. But maybe they needed to talk about you so you to get your butt straight back to the purpose that God has for you. What if they were nice to Joseph? Would he ever be sold as a slave into his purpose? I don't know. The Bible don't say it. But he had to be hurt by the people that he loved the most so he can get back to the place that God had for him. There's been times in my life and most recently, and some of you that are very close to me had heard my pity party before, where people that I have been so close to love so much but hurt me so much. But I had to realize one thing. If God is for me, who should be against me? And that my, my, my future is better than what God has, has telling me to leave in the past. You have to make it up in your mind. Am I going to just look at my hurt as just something that is diminishing my purpose? Or am I going to use this as fuel towards my purpose? I know this is messing up with some people's theology. I know this is messing up with your horoscope. I know this is messing up with your podcast talk because it's all about good, 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 good. But I'm here to tell you sometimes life doesn't give you good. And if you don't know that, then you are going to be very much negative. You're going to be very much in depression. I'm here to tell you life is not good at times, but there's a good God that in the midst of the pit, in the midst of the things, he can take a situation that might not seem good and turn it for your good. If you have the mindset to trust God through it six weeks y'all but I'm here to tell you that the pit and him being sold got him closer to his purpose but he had to navigate the pain and turn it into purpose pain is going to come the Bible clearly tells us in this world there will be trouble But what is the promise? He has overcome the world. So I can be in the pit. I can be sold off. But God has purpose in my life. So Joseph being brokenhearted, betrayed by his brothers, is thrown into a situation that is not ideal. But Joseph made it effective. Let's go to Genesis chapter 39, verse 1 through 6. Let me try to read this as fast as possible because this gets good, good, gooder and gooder. Okay. Now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of the Pharaoh, a captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had brought him from the um, Ishmaelites, who had brought him down there. 
And the Lord was with Joseph. You got to know that right there. Just because he was in an un, a, a crazy place, not ideal place, the Lord was with Joseph. And he became a successful man. And he was in the house of the Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him because people were going to identify with what you present. So if we're supposed to be like Christ and they can't see Christ through you, how are they going to identify Christ? And the master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found, what's that word again? Favor in the sight and attended him. And he made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all he had. From the time that he made him overseer of his house and over all he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. So he left all that he had in, Joseph, to, in Joseph's charge. And because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. This is, a, this is a boy at this moment. I think he was sold off when he was 16. Had the know-it-all to be like, this might be an uncomfortable situation. This might be like not an ideal situation, but I'm going to make the most of it. Some of us are in jobs that are not ideal. <laughs> Some of us are in positions that are uncomfortable, but what are we making out of it? Because Joseph looked at a situation that he should never been in and made it to something better. To the point where this, this slave boy is now in charge of Potiphar's house. He gave the authority to the hands of a little boy. Because what he was presenting, he was living out his purpose. Even though it was an uncomfortable place, an uncomfortable job, unfavorable um, circumstances, he still was elevated and promoted in a detour in his life. He was not supposed to be in Egypt. He was supposed to be with his family. But now this on-ramp came that he did not control, that he was just thrown in. And instead of being, man, why am I not where I need to be in life? Oh, why can't I be? I, why, I see these people on social media, and they have a better life than you. I am sound ridiculous, but that's us. And we become little children in our faith, where God says, hey, I need you to grow in your faith in the midst of this detour. Because you might seem like it's not ideal, but I see it as purpose. I see it as purpose. You need to know that there's a person, there's a position, there's an opportunity that God wants you to impact in the detours in your life. You need to know that in detours in your life, you can still bring value to people. Yes. You can still bring value to the circumstance. You can still bring value to the, the job. You can still bring value in that because why? Because you are favored. Yes. And because you are favored... 
God blesses you, but by you being obedient, it also is a blessing to others. But what if the blessing of others is attached to your favor? Then that's what happened here. It said, because Joseph's sake, the Egyptians were blessed. Can we be mature enough to live in favor? And even if it's not a good situation, still be a Christian? Still show the love of Christ? Still be a light on, 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 on top of a hill? That's what we're called to do. And while we are favored, if favor flows because we are detouring in a healthy way. Detour leads to purpose. Another thing you need to learn, and I'll be done, I promise. And I got another three hours. You can laugh a little bit, okay? There's joy in the house of the Lord. <laughs> Number two, watch for snakes. Watch for snakes in the detour. We have to be willing enough to trust God in the high weeds, but fast enough to run from the snakes. Because there's to be times where God said, hey, go. But God, I don't know what's in this weeds here. You ever been in a place where it's so scary you don't know what's underneath your feet? Everywhere, anytime at the beach. I'm like, you know. I'm like, is that a stingray? <laughs> it's like a rock kills me. I'm like, ah, oh, pee on me. I'm just kidding. Um, willing enough to trust God in the high weeds, but fast enough to run away from the state. Hey, let me say this. People will try to take advantage of you in this vulnerable, uncertain detour season of your life. But you have to be aware enough to let people in still, but discern when they need to exit as well. We can't be closed offish because we're in a, a vulnerable situation of a detour, a change in our life. We have to be willing to let people in, but when people need to go, show them the exit. Or when you need to leave people's life because you're the problem, exit their life. How do I know? Genesis chapter 39, 6 through 12. We had Potiphar... But then we also have Potiphar's wife. Joseph being favored, doing everything well to the point that he's elevated and trust was given on, on Joseph through Potiphar. But then his wife had a little wandering eye. And because of her wandering eye, it put Joseph in jail. We got to watch for the snakes in verse uh, six, uh, six. Now, Joseph was handsome, duh, in forms. And see, the favorite is the handsome, is the favorite. I, me and Joseph, are, we're, we're there, you know. I'm, change my, I'm just joking, okay. That's called pride, and I'm digressing, okay. <laughs> and after time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his, to his master's wife, behold, because of me and my masters has no concern about anything in the house. And he has put everything that he has in charge, uh, in my charge. He is, not greater, there, he is not greater in this house than I am. Nor has he kept back anything from me except you. Because you're his wife. He's basically saying, hey, I'd, I, 
have everything in this house. I'm the man. The only thing I don't have is you, snake. <laughs> How can I do this great wickedness to and sin against God? And as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not listen to her and lay beside her or to be with her. But one day, when he went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house were there in the house, she caught him by his garment and said, lay with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. In seasons of detour, we tend to let our guard down because we're being vulnerable in the situation. I'm here to tell you, get your guard up. Because sometimes detours change some structure in our life because God is doing a new thing. And we're vulnerable to situations and we let our guard down and we let the enemy in. And we let the enemy in. No, your guard has to be up. Joseph had all he wanted at Potiphar's house. But Joseph, listen to this. Joseph didn't lose his purpose for his pleasure. There's too many of us that are not walking in our purpose because we're walking in our pleasures. Pleasures lead to house sand living. Purpose leads to bedrock living. If you weren't here last week, check it on YouTube. My pleasures lead to unstable living. My purpose leads me to disciplined living. There are decisions you have to make in your life to stay on purpose that will not align to your pleasures. I should have broke this up into two parts. Because I'm not going to get done. When you are so focused on what makes me feel good, you're always going to fall to what makes you feel good. Your feelings, you know a person that is not committed to the Lord fully is when they walk with their feelings. Because at times, my feelings do not align to God's word. My feelings do not align to my purpose. So what do you want? Feelings or purpose? It's your, it's your choice. Because Joseph, let me say this. Because Joseph was so high up there, he probably could have got away with the affair with Potiphar's wife. He had the authority to send everybody away, close the door, and do what he wanted. Right? He said that I can do, I have everything I need. But he didn't let the pleasures of a moment direct the purpose for his life. He knew that if he dabbled in this, it's going to strip away what God wants to do in his life. And it might strip away his identity. It might strip away his, 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 his uh, ability to do what he needs to do. Why? There's so many of us that have let our pleasures direct our life and not our God. But his character, Joseph's character meant more to him than his pleasures. 
we don't deal with our character anymore because people know who I am. Or you attach yourself to a name that has been going down through your generations. No, 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 no. One day you're going to face Jesus face to face. And you're going to give an account to your character. When Joseph said, I am not going to let my character dictate, my, my pleasures dictate my character. So what happens? She gets a little frisky, grabs his, his uh, outer garment, and my man runs out butt naked. Think about this. She's like, oh, lay with me. He's like, heck no. And my man running. He's running. She grabbed it. It's, what is that? In her hands, kept his clothes, and he didn't care. He didn't care what he looked like as long as he was going to get away from what was trying to destroy his purpose. You got to listen. You might need to leave. You might need to run because the snakes are coming. You, I'd rather be butt naked in God's purpose and will than clothed by other people's opinion and my own desires. You got to run away from the snakes. They pop up real fast. Potiphar's wife accused him, and then now he had to go to jail. Snakes are big and bad until they are exposed. Snakes are big and bad until they're exposed. Let me give you a testimony, okay? The other day, um, with Jess's, uh, uh, she comes for lunch at home, and uh, we're just sitting there, and out of nowhere, she's like, ah! <laughs> you didn't do that. It's my story. I'll tell it. She's like, there's a snake on our pool deck. I mean, this snake was like, it was a big one. It was a, and it was slithering, and I hate snakes. Frog snakes, the devil, Okay? There's a snake in, the, in Genesis, the devil, all right? I don't like snakes. And I know, you know, call, call PETA, call the people. The, 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 I kill things, okay? All right? So I'm not dabbling with this thing. I'm not, I'm going to save it and put it in the wild. No, it's going to die, okay? It's going to die. So the first thing I do is like, I, I'm not even praying for this thing. I'm not like, no, I get the holy shovel, okay? You know what I'm talking about? The holy shovel. And I said, this ain't it. So this thing, I got my shovel, and this thing is like, <laughs> I mean, it's going until it saw my shovel. And then it started cowering down in fear. Why? Why? Because I know the authority that I have is to kill what was so big and bad at one point. From afar, it's a snake! But close enough with the right tool, that thing that once was scary, now I have authority over it to kill it in my life. You got to understand one thing. The snakes are going to pop up. But you have the authority of God's word in your heart, in your life, to kill the things that are trying to, to kill your purpose. Uh, Song of Solomon says it like this. You got to catch the foxes. Even the small foxes that are going to spoil your vine for your, for, for what? For your vineyard to blossom. Do not let the snakes kill your purpose before you blossom. 
You have to be aware and run. You got to run for your future. You got to run for your family. You got to run for your dreams. You got to run for your wife. You got to run for your your husband. You got to run for your kids because you cannot entertain a snake that is trying to kill your purpose. You got to run, baby, run. You got to run. You got to run. And and I'm done. uh, Whoever's playing today, I don't know. Come up here. So then Joseph goes to jail. Because Potiphar's wife come and say, hey, he's trying to get, and then, you know, no, you know, everybody got a story now, you know, like, he tried to get with me, and he tried to do this thing, and Joe's like, I didn't do that, and then now, uh, this is my story, where I'm trying to go real fast, I got two minutes, and she said, hey, you know, you got, to, he did this, and then Potiphar comes and said, oh, Joseph, you got, you couldn't do that, you need to stop doing that, go to jail, straight to jail, and what happened in jail, what happened in jail, Joseph found favor in the eyes of the jail people, and he was elevated there. Until one day, Pharaoh was having these crazy dreams. And Joseph was interpreting dreams in the jail. So now Pharaoh's like, I'm having these crazy dreams. And one of the jail people's like, hey, I know this guy named Joseph. He can probably tell you your dream. And he goes and tells Pharaoh his dream, and Pharaoh elevates him to second in charge of all of Egypt. Can you talk about favor? Man, if I, if I, that's, that's saying this. If our president, Biden, says, I'm having dreams. And they said, they had know this one guy in Lakeland, Florida, that can interpret your dreams. They take me to the White House, and I say, Joe. I know your dreams. This is going to happen. And they're like, oh, you're good. Kamala, gone. I'm the vice president now. (laughs) That's what just happened. (laughs) The Bible, you got to read this thing. This is how my brain works. He's now second in charge. And the last thing you need to know when detour season is this, is always fall back on the side of grace. Because there now was a famine in the land, and his brothers who once sold him are now dealing with issues of not having food, and guess who's now in charge of the food? Joseph. So his brothers come, and they have some kind of, you know, back and forth, but eventually these brothers come and lay at the feet, which now was a prophecy fulfilled from the first dream that was going to throw him into the pit. Now it's being fulfilled. And Joseph had two options, revenge or for for forgiveness. Revenge always leads to foolishness. Forgiveness always leads to abundant living. What once was a boy, out of not having control of his circumstances, thrown in a pit, sold out, now is person second in charge, now having control of the same people that tried to kill him. He had their life in his hands. And some of us, it's better for revenge so we can feel good about ourselves than forgive. But the only person that's going to hurt is you. So once was a boy, might want to need a revenge, is now a man 
trying to fall on the side of grace. And then that reminded me of this verse. And somebody needs to learn this verse today in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. But then, and I thought like a child. But then when I became a man or an adult, I put those childish things away. He had a choice to take it into his own hands, but he decided to pour grace. A pit was supposed to take him out. Being sold was supposed to take him out. A woman was supposed to take him out. Prison was supposed to keep him locked up. But God's grace was poured all on Joseph's life. So there's no other option but to pour grace on other people's life. Detours come, but how we see them and operate them will determine if we embrace and win in the detour. As I end, you ever been stuck in the middle of knowing what God has for you, but then you don't know how to get there? Stuck in the middle? This is where Joseph was all of his life. All of his life stuck in the middle. My soul, in my my my. my Am I my father's favorite? I'm sold. My brothers hate me. He's stuck in the middle of where he needs to be or God has the purpose in his life. But there's so many things in the middle. Have you been there before? Where you know can God work in my life, but you're stuck in the middle. And most of the time when we're stuck in the middle, we're like, God, where are you? Can I tell you that he's close? Because every time when I see Joseph's life, I see God was with him. God favored him. God was there. The circumstances was horrible. But God was with him. God was there. God showed favor. God elevated him. God put him in that position. God put him in in front of that person. God elevated him to the point where he can now bless somebody else. The circumstance that you're in does not determine the purpose that God has for you. But you're stuck in the middle. And Joseph could have been, why me? Why did they hate me? Why did they throw me away and feel abandoned? See, sometimes in the middle we feel abandoned. But I'm here to tell you that he sticks closer than a a brother. What if this detour can set up to your purpose? I know it's ugly. I know it's hard. I know You've been hurt. But what if you're next? What if you're not stuck? What if you're next? Let me say it like this. You think you're stuck, but God is setting you up for the next. Well, you're not stuck. There's a process to this thing. You are next. And I'm reminded in Romans chapter 8, verse 31 and 35, and I'm done. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He he who did not spare his own son, but gave him as to us all, how will he not also with his graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge? And Romans chapter 8 verse 37 says, no, in all these things, we have more than a conquer through Christ who lives in us, who loves us. For I am sure that neither death, 
nor life nor angels, nor rulers, no things present, nor things to come, nor powers, no height, no death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of Christ Jesus, Christ our Lord. There is nothing that can stop you to your purpose. You're not stuck. You just got to thrive in the detour. The story of Joseph, your situation doesn't deep. Your situation doesn't detour your purpose. You're next. You're next. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Wasn't that an amazing message? If you'd like to help partner with us to push this mission forward here in Lakeland, Florida, you can go to axioschurch.com, and in the giving tab, you can give a one-time donation or a reoccurring gift. We are so thankful for all of you that have decided to join us this morning. We meet every Sunday, and we can't wait to see you next time. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, turn on your post notifications, and make sure you're tuned in to everything the Axios Church has to offer.